Amen. Good morning. Uh, my name is Rob Stevens. I'm Minister for Congregational Life. And on behalf of Jackie, who is out one more week, and the consistory, I want to say welcome. And welcome to this place and to this worship experience. Uh, how many of y'all are here for the first time? If you raise your hand. All right. Keep it raised. Our ushers are coming. Keep it raised just a minute longer while our ushers come with a little card. Um, and everyone else, make sure you see them so you can come find them and welcome them later, especially the introverts. Find them too. Uh, we are excited to celebrate Mother's Day today. Uh, we thank you for all the mothers and those who do mothering. Uh, we know that this is a, a beautiful day of celebration, even as it is for many uh, a difficult day uh, as we experience the first Mother's Day without uh, a mother uh, where we've lost one to relationships or to death or uh, many different experiences. So I encourage you to bring all of those things, all of those feelings into this worship experience. The sanctuary is a place that can hold it. And so all of those please do bring. Uh, this morning we had a discussion about the Poor People's Campaign, which is launching on Mother's Day uh, for a good reason. And that the roots of this celebration actually go back to an uh, anti-war and anti-poverty social movements in the 19th century uh, with the first Mother's Day. And that's a uh, reason to launch it uh, today in D.C., and in 35 uh, to 40 states, I can't remember the most recent number, uh, across the country. So say amen for this new campaign. Amen. It is a new and unsettling force taking over uh, and spreading across the country. So please uh, uh, take a look on our website. You'll find out more information. I'll be down there each Monday, uh, coordinating Monday actions with a team. And people will be in Albany uh, doing actions. And we hope that you will also be involved uh, during uh, a week-long thing. Um, uh, this week we have New Adventures on Thursday, which is our program for those who have had their share of adventures. Uh, and the police will be coming from the 9th Precinct to talk about especially uh, scams uh, targeting seniors, uh, the, some new programs that are for seniors to do uh, protect themselves in safety uh, in their apartment and homes. Uh, so please, uh, if uh, you feel so called, please join us. Thursday at 2, here for that. Uh, Jackie is back next week for Pentecost, and I hope you join us. Pentecost is our big celebration, because we're a Pentecostal church, even though we're a Dutch Reformed too. Um, and in the afternoon, Jackie and John will be launching their book, The Pentecost Paradigm, at 1.30, so I hope you will join us for that discussion. Uh, this Saturday, we will celebrate the life of Pamela Warwick-Smith, who was a beloved member of this choir uh, for many years. Um, and I've just seen the program. That's going to be a beautiful program and hope that you will join us then. Jackie will be here to do the eulogy uh, or the celebration at 2. And we have different songs in worship today uh, that were some of her favorites as well. And so at this time, I hope you will uh, join us in our first hymn by standing uh, as you are able as we sing Over My Head.
From glory, oh, coming down from glory. Well, now coming down from glory. darkest hour well now in my darkest hour well in my darkest hour well now What you're hearing? Well, now tell me what you're hearing. Well, now tell me what you're hearing. Oh, there must be a God.
Good morning. Let us pray. Remain standing. Please remain standing. <laughs> or, you're able, or pray in the way that you, uh, that you choose to or how you are able to. <laughs> Thank you for this day that brings us here to be with family. A family of inclusiveness, individuality, abundance, and love. Where judgment is left at the door and you are welcome with open arms no matter who you are or who you love where the word of God is not only spoken through many languages, but is embodied through music and movement. Where our beliefs may be different, but we're able to find common ground in a higher ground, knowing that everyone matters. Where our words lift one another and are not used to bring others down. And on this Mother's Day, thank you to all the moms, stepmoms, mother figures, and moms watching over us. Not everyone is a mother in the traditional sense, and yet they mother. There's also the ones that are moms and have chosen to dedicate their lives to educating, nurturing, and loving the children in our communities. To these women and men, extra praise is given. Again, thank you for this day. In your name, we all say, amen. We're gonna switch, here we go. All the young people, they heard me. And if you didn't hear me now, you can hear me on this microphone. You're invited to join me up on the stage for a message for all ages. And I'm not hands-free, so I need your help to spread this blanket, young people. Thank you, helpers. Oh, so many helpful hands. Let's spread it out, all the corners. There is room for everyone. Get out, stop being like a queen. Miss Josephine, can you join us on the blanket? Okay. Can you please join us on the blanket? There is room for everyone. Here we go. So you've heard we're celebrating moms today. Yeah, some of you want to clap and give a whoop whoop. That's cool. It's Mother's Day and we're celebrating all different kinds of people who help mother us. Luce, since you're extra tall, you can have a throne seat if you want. No? Okay. You can sit on the ground with us then, wherever you're feeling. So we have moms in some of our lives, but we also might have aunties or godmothers or grandmas or sisters or cousins or neighbors or teachers or pastors. So many people who are moms in our lives who mother us, instructors. There's another one we could throw out. And we want to celebrate all those people who mother us today. Some of us might have two moms, like my friend Elijah. Her family has two moms. So every family might look different, but we know that we... Oh, you have some ideas already, friends? I, stay with me, because I need your help in a moment. We know that we want to celebrate. And so I have my little streamers. They feel like celebration time. I want you to use these in a moment, not quite yet, friends, 
to make a card. I want to invite you all to make a card for someone you might call mom, or it might be a different name. You might write, dear teacher in your card, dear neighbor, dear auntie. And you are going to do the magic of Polaroid film to make your own picture to put on this card. After we sing Sia Hamba today, we're going to go in the social hall and make our own cards for our moms. So in the center of the card, it says, on this Mother's Day, I celebrate you. Luke, you can celebrate Mama. Look, Mama is right out there, Luke. My friend Sarah is going to show you that Mom is so close. So Luke's might say, dear Mom, I celebrate you on this Mother's Day. Someone else's card might say, dear Godmother, I celebrate you on this Mother's Day. If you were to add another sentence to the card to say another word of thank you, what might you add to your card? One sentence. Well, I can tell that Luke is saying, Dear Mom, I miss you. I just want to see you again. Please get me off the stage right now. Love, Luke. Dear mom, I miss, dear mom, I miss you might be our phrase. Good channeling of all different emotions. What's another thank you line you might add to your card? Yes. Dear Godmother Polly, um, thank you for letting me sleep over at your house and letting me play board games with you and letting me feed your dog. Snaps for godmothers. Snaps for godmothers. One more line. Bring us home, Genevieve. Dear mother, thank you for paying my bills. <laughs> Nana and Dad were using God. What'd you say, Zane? Say it one more time. Nana, I'm glad she was God. Nana, I'm glad you're with God. That was so special. That was so special. Zane, thank you so much. We have some theologians up on this stage who know that Mother's Day celebrates all different type of momming and mothering. So with that in our hearts and minds, let's stand together, young friends, and let's do a prayer. I'm forgetting that I need to hold the microphone today. We have such good thoughts from all of you, and you get to make a special card in a moment. Let's repeat after me. You can link up however you might to the friend next to you. Let's pray. Dear God, God, we thank you for moms moms. and aunties and grandmas and and teachers and godmothers godmothers who show us your love. love. Amen. Amen. All right, let's sing Sia Humba and let's make some cool cards right in the social hall. Follow us that way. Middle. 
I'm Tammy Petty, the director of music. Uh, I also teach at William Patterson, and I have a student here who recently graduated, uh, and I'm so proud of her, and she's gonna come and sing for you. Her name is Lisa Bremer. Thank you, Lisa. I'm going to sing a nice piece for you. Hopefully you enjoy. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. <laughs> I have seen what man can do When the evil lives inside of you Many are the weak and the strong are few but with the water, we'll start anew. Oh, won't you take me down to the river? Take me down to the stream. Take me down to the water. We're gonna wash our souls clean. Take me down to the levee. Take me down to the lake yes we'll all go together we're gonna do it for the good lord's sake i have fallen so many times for the devil's weak cunning rhymes this whole world has brought me pain But there's hope for me again Well, oh, won't you take me down to the river Take me down to the stream Take me down to the water we're gonna wash our souls clean Take me down to the levee Take me down to the lake Yes, we'll all go together We're gonna do it for the good Lord's sake I tried my hand at the Bible Tried my hand at prayer But bring my soul to bear but now nothing but the water is gonna bring my soul to I'm embarrassed to follow that up. <laughs> Good morning, family. Let's take a time to go to God in prayer. Um, so assume a position of posture that best connects you to that thing you call or name God. And we'll begin with a moment of silence.
hey, God, it's us. And we come here to this place day after day, week after week, logging in, hoping and praying to find something to hold on to, be it a hand, a sandwich, or a movement. We want to be connected to something larger than ourselves. We're craving an action that addresses that churning feeling we have in our stomachs, things happening to us and around us that just ain't right. We feel the call to act, but the what to do and when to do can sometimes freeze us in place. God, we're paralyzed yet filled with so much promise and purpose. We're walking a new road that somehow still feels familiar. The images are now in color. The names have changed, but it feels like a place we've seen before with black and brown bodies encountering the police for engaging in the benign, shopping, sleeping, or even sitting in a Starbucks. God, these are stark reminders that the demonstrations to gain some semblance of civil rights were only 60 years ago. Complacency moder and moderate politics are the weight we must shake off in order to speak real truth to power and move the arc of moral universe just a bit closer to justice. Yes, we've run many miles, but this marathon of equality is long from over. Women, mistreated and minimized, we're seeing moments of justice, but God, even those moments leave us wanting more. What about the others? Weinstein, Spacey, O'Reilly, Lauer. See, we've had enough hashtags. What we need now are more hands to pull back the curtain on misogyny and abuse. Oh God, help us men to make our spaces unsafe for toxic masculinity. Help us to betray our unearned privilege. Learn from the courage of the many women leading hashtag MeToo to call out our brothers and report them when necessary. Rumors of war bubbling up as insecure leaders posture and beat their chest trying to prove who's the man. Money taken from programs, feeding, educating, and housing your people while we're planning military parades. God, Flint still doesn't have clean water. Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands are still ravaged, and there's the kindest man right across the street who's between homes that just needs a meal and a smile. God, help us to see what we can do to stop this. Where is the pause button? Can we rewind the DVR and get back to the place where things went wrong? No, we can't. So we ask you now, what do we do? Here we are, God, your people, ready to do your work. Give us all a task to help us make your reign a real-time kind of thing. See, we get it. Life ain't easy, but it's ours. And every day we rise to witness your glory. God, we thank you for every single mountaintop and valley experience. Yes, they left us. Yes, we may have lost a job or two. Yes, we found love. Yes, we have more bills than dollars. Yes, we've earned a degree. And some of us feel like it's never going to get better. But God, we are still here. Thank you that today doesn't look like yesterday. And God, we're crazy enough to believe that tomorrow will be better than today. We're ready to rehearse a new script. See, we're too blessed to not pour into someone else. We are too loving to not be worthy of love ourselves. And honey, we are too fierce and wonderful to be made mistakes. <laughs> All that life can present. God, we thank you for mothers and mothering humans, people who have walked with us and bathed us with a divine love and compassion, mothers who have sacrificed many a dream for their babies, mothers like Mary who love us even unto death. We celebrate the role that you mothers have assumed in healing this world with no expectation of pay or accolades. Your children all rise up and call you blessed. My God, living this life with these middle people is better than a piece of hot cornbread. <laughs> and on behalf of them, I say thank you for meeting all of us exactly where we are. All these things we ask in your many wonderful names. 
Amen. Stop. So if you, <laughs> if you amazing people now stand and join hands if you're comfortable, and if it makes you uncomfortable, do it anyway. <laughs> In your bulletin, we have a version of the Lord's Prayer. Please feel free to use whatever version in whatever language fits you best. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Please greet your neighbors with a hug, handshake. If you're sick, please air fist bump.
Amen. Amen. You want to find in your Bible Psalm 1 that we'll be reading from today. Hear now a word from God. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chafe, and the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning to all of you here, middle, and to those of you who are watching from afar, and if anybody happens to be watching from Australia, hi, Jackie, hi, John, hope you all are doing well. I guess it's, I don't know, sometime evening or whatever there. It's a joy to be with you on any Sunday, of course, but of course this Sunday has already has been so beautifully and eloquently stated bears a, a, a lot of weight, and some of that's good weight, some of it's poignant weight, some of it sort of presses on our hearts a little bit, but that's okay. It speaks to us about what the imagery of love really looks like, and maybe that's why Mother's Day has a particular place kind of in our context and culture, is because it's maybe one of the closest efforts, attempts that we can have toward sort of understanding what the embodiment of love really, really looks like. So I, I thank you all for <clears throat> being with me uh, here on this Mother's Day. And one of the lectionary readings for, believe it or not, we are still in Eastertide, if you will. Pentecost, as uh, Rob mentioned, will be on next Sunday. But one of the lectionary readings is the first psalm. And the first psalm is valuable on a lot of levels. First of all, it helps us to kind of set the tone for the rest of the Psalms, gives us a sense of what maybe we've got to look forward to. And I think a lot of us would agree that the Psalms kind of stand as that inspirational book of the Bible that we can often go to and, and, and be encouraged by. But this first Psalm has a, a little bit of baggage. It talks to us about the if you will, the recompense for those who end up hanging out with the wicked or taking the path of sinners and all the things that will unfold for them. And while I suppose that needs to be addressed and reckoned with on some level, this morning, I want to plumb the depths of what I really believe is the incredibly beautiful core of this psalm. Again, the psalm that sets the stage for all the others going forward. Verses 2 and 3, but their delight is in the law of the Lord. And on God's law, they meditate day and night. 
They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. Even in that, there's a lot to sort of work with. But, but a couple of things that first and foremost come to mind is that this person who steps into the kind of relationship with God that the psalm is talking about speaks of the idea, it speaks of the idea that they meditate on the goodness of God, the presence of God, day and night. If you go to the Jordan River Valley, you can come upon the ancient ruins of the Qumran community where the Essenes lived. And one of the practices of the Essenes was that they had within their community at any moment on the clock, so to speak, even though that was before clocks, but at any moment of the day or night, there was someone either inscribing or studying or, or in some way illuminating the, the Word of God. And they did that because they wanted it to always be clear that their community was connected to that divine presence. Now, I'm not suggesting this morning that we have to appoint somebody to be the 24-7 scribe for our commitment to our involvement with the presence of the divine. But what I am suggesting is this, just like the Essenes in the Jordan River Valley understood that that, that, that presence is a 24-hour proposition, we ought to understand that and we ought to take joy in it. Because it means that while God meets us, no doubt, surely, in the beautiful majesty and, 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 and choreographed loveliness of a moment such as this, the good news is that God also meets us in the commonplace and everyday places as well. Like so many of you, I was thinking about mother figure in my life, my mother. And I was thinking about the fact earlier on how just in the course of day in and day out, the simplest things, if, 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 if I've observed closely enough, could almost take on a, a divine proportion. What do I mean by that? My mother was, was a seamstress, not by trade, but by, by affinity, and she could make beautiful garments, beautiful dresses and, 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 and everything else, and, and watching her, not knowing the first thing about how to stitch fabric together, but watching her, I could see the, the beauty of that creativity unfold, watching her hands in, in, in the course of rendering a garment or even working a sewing machine. I, I can remember as well marveling at the idea that, that as I'm going about childhood things, somehow sustenance and, and food lovingly prepared is being shaped and, and made ready for me and my family. My mom was a nurse. Now, the plus of that is that nurses are absolutely wonderful and should always be lauded and applauded. The downside for me was that I could never get away with saying on a morning that I was too sick to go to school. Because <laughs> my mom would check and she would take my temperature. My mother was a nurse. She would take my temperature. I'm gonna leave that there <laughs> and let you know that I was incentivized to go ahead and go to school on a regular basis. <laughs> but the fact being that if we can lay claim to the power and beauty and presence of God in the divinely ordinary things, 
The things that we can celebrate having watched our, our mothers or those who were like mothers or are like mothers in our lives, then we've come a little bit closer, I think, to the ideal that the psalmist is talking about when he says that this godly person meditates on the law of God day and night. So, so the idea that God can show up in the ordinary and in the mundane is not only something we ought to be able to celebrate when we look upon the, the, the beautiful handiwork of those, again, who've been like mothers to us. It ought to also give us some encouragement because upon closer examination, I think you'd agree that there are some places where we need to be certain that God can meet us and that we are able to encounter God. The good news is for all of the, the chicanery and, 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 and evilness of intent and all of the backlash, the, the divisiveness of culture, God can still meet us in places where we least expect it. The last time I checked, God can meet us at a Starbucks in Philadelphia. The last time I checked, God can meet us at a Waffle House. The last time I checked, God can meet us at a common room at Yale University. God can meet us at a barbecue in Oakland, California. God can meet us at Colorado State, even if we make somebody else uncomfortable by our presence being there. God can meet us at an Airbnb when we're doing nothing more simple than checking out and going home. And God can meet us on a golf course when we take our time on the seventh hole. And God can meet us in Flint. And God can meet us in San Juan. God can meet us in the mundane places, the simple places. And thanks be to God, the places where oftentimes we least expect it. So understanding that the psalmist is telling us that this relationship with God is an is a all-encompassing 24-7 relationship. It ought to give us encouragement that even in those kinds of places that seem void of, devoid of the measure of human justice and mercy that we so value and hold dear, we know a God who can come and set in order the things that are wanting. So along with God being with us 24-7, the passage tells us that as we understand this relationship, the metaphor that the psalmist thought was so valuable and so worthwhile to consider and to, to linger on for a minute is that they are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season. Well, if you are a tree planted by a stream of water, there are several propositions that you want to make sure you consider. One is that your sustenance is in large measure going to be drawn from the, from the vibrancy and the life of that, that water. So we'll go ahead and call it living water. But another challenge, maybe a cautionary note is that as you take in, so you become. So if you're on a stream, whatever is upstream may ultimately have an effect on who you are and what you seek to be. So my cautionary word is to be mindful of what is upstream and whether you want it in your biosystem, if you will, or not. Sometimes we have to be discerning and make sure that we don't really provide the space or the place for those things that would either dampen our spirit or cause us to be divisive in the way in which we live out 
this proposition of who we are as children of God. So be mindful that not everything from upstream is worth your time or your energy. Be, be discerning in the best of ways and make sure that those things that cause you to have vitality and strength are what you engender from what's upstream. But along with being concerned about what's upstream, the psalmist tells us that being planted, if you will, on the banks of this river of living water gives us the opportunity to be strengthened, to be nurtured, to, to, to be a part of the, the, the system, if you will, that, that, that's taking shape there. So it means, therefore, I think that the psalmist is saying that at our best, we must be part of community. Not talking really about an isolated, solitary existence here, talking about the prospect of being nurtured and strengthened by the community in which we find ourselves. And maybe for us here at Middle, that's something to consider, how, how valuable, how precious, how meaningful, how nurturing this community is to who you are already and who it is that you shall become as you continue on this journey. So maybe one of the, the compacts that needs to be had in community is that we will mutually encourage one another. We will indeed mutually protect one another in the midst of our frailties and our weaknesses, but we will also infuse each other with joy. Sometimes it's so hard because the prevailing winds are so difficult and so piercing, but it's hard to remember that we've got to have joy. Some theologian a long time ago said, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. So we need to understand that the joy we have by being in community, by being those trees on that bank of living water, is what sustains us for the work that we are called to do. Something else about being a tree, if you will. While it may in our minds seem as if though the imagery of a tree is one of being stationary and stable and, 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 and not really having much going on beyond simply being where you are, that's not true. While a tree represents stability and depth, it's still in motion. It's still growing. The, the sap is still circulating and the fruit shall still come forward. So even as you allow your taproot, if you will, to grow deep into the security of a community like Middle or wherever you may find yourself, understand that that is never licensed for simply being comfortable. I'm suspicious of a gospel that just simply talks to me about being able to be prosperous and comfortable where I am. I'm suspicious of a gospel that tells me that I can achieve all that God has for me once I have all the material things that I can envision or name or claim. I'm much more interested in a gospel that tells me that even though my roots may grow deep, I'm still called to be active and vibrant and part of the larger whole and to produce fruit that has an impact in the world. So I said be careful about what comes from upstream, but be conscious about what you send downstream. Is my good 
going somewhere? Is the good that I, I feel empowered to be a part of, is the good that I'm called to do, is it, is it making me simply feel good? Or is it having an effect and an impact even beyond my scope and reach? Maybe one of the most powerful things that we can lay claim to is that we are part of a proposition of planting trees under whose shade we will never sit. But knowing that the work, the witness continues because we're strengthened by the very relationship that God has promised to us. And those roots if you will, that go deep, are nurtured by, I'll say, a great chorus of witnesses. Those who've gone before us. Again, one of the reasons this day is so meaningful and so poignant for us is because it reminds us of the examples, not just simply of the wonderful things that those who've been like mothers to us have done for us, but it reminds us of examples of love, selfless, strong, and serving. And we need that inspiration and encouragement when the work that we're called to unfolds. Tomorrow, Rob mentioned, in Washington and in Albany and around this country, there are going to be people gathered. Our friends William Barber and Liz Theo Harris in D.C., along with Rob and many of us, and others as well, to begin the Poor People's Campaign. And I'd love to say to you this morning that, that it's a proposition that everybody agrees with that there's disparity and inequity in the world and it needs to be rectified. There needs to be a redistribution of the wealth. There needs to be access to all the things that give for a viable life. I'd love to be able to say to you, everybody agrees and now we can go home. But I think you all know that's not the case. So tomorrow, and not just tomorrow, but even now and all the days yet ensuing, the strength that's going to be needed for bearing witness in that moment can't just come from what I bring to the table. I've got to have some roots that go deep and are nurtured by the great chorus of those who've, who've come before and the great chorus who, who surround us even now in prayerfulness and in support. So we're not called to comfort. We're not called to idleness. Even as we grow and thrive, we're called to be available for the good work of the realm of God. If you want a tree to be well-rooted and well-planted, you have to disturb the soil. It's not a proposition of just simply being comfortable. So we need to understand that as God, in relationship with God, disturbs our soil, it's not to simply disquiet us, but it's to allow for us to even do that much more for the realm of justice and mercy and love. So, what feeds into your life? What gives you nurture? What gives you vibrancy? Where are you planted? What community are you in that, that allows for you to be engaged in the work that not only you need to do alone, but you need to do in partnership with others? What community are you a part of? And then is your good, the fruit of your work and the fruit of your labors, simply something to make you feel good? Or does it make its way into the hearts and lives and circumstances of others? I think this morning it's important 
to remember that as this psalm begins the psalms, and you all know that the psalms will take us through many places as, as they unfold, and they're inspirational in many ways, but I think the, the, the persistent theme is that every turn and at every bend in, of life, we should know and understand that we are not in it by ourselves. We are anchored in community, and we are in a proposition that the very divine is a part of. So, where are you planted? What are you doing? Are you making sure that the very essence of who you are is what God has intended? Thomas Merton, great Catholic scholar, said this, a tree gives glory to God by being a tree. It consents to God's creative love. It expresses an idea which is in God's mind. So the more a tree is like itself, the more it is like God. What permission that is for us to be who God has shaped and fashioned us to be. What permission that is to, to be the fullest measure of what it is that God has shaped and formed in the creativity of your heart and in your spirit. Don't feel that you have to bind and bend to someone else's lower expectations. Just go ahead and be who it is that God has destined you to be. So, Baptist preacher that I am, if I were closing this out, in second grader Little Widows Might Baptist Church, I might take the time to be illustrative and a little, a little alliterative or whatever, but, but I won't do that. I won't talk about the fact that if you're an oak tree and you've got strength that, that accumulates over the years, be the fullest measure of an oak tree that, that you might be. I won't do that. I, I won't say that if you're a pine tree and the very presence of your existence makes the, the, the measure of the, the, the landscape and the horizon different and, and therefore the creativity is, is impacted upon the social, culture around you. I won't, I won't do that. If you're a maple tree, the, the fact that the brilliance of your colors can, can sometimes beckon people from far and wide to give honor to God for the creativity that's evident in you, I, I won't take the time to do that. If you're a willow tree, I won't talk about the fact that the, the intricacies of your beauty as, as you lap against the waters of that living river are something that caused the hymns of heaven to unfold. I won't do that. If you're a cherry blossom tree and all the beauty and the intricacy that that represents of a hand of God that is interested in not only the majors but the minors, I won't do that. If you're a palm tree such that you can such that you can yield against the winds but not be overcome, I won't do that. And if you're a redwood soaring high, or if you're a bonsai soaring low, you still have the fullest measure of what God calls you to be in you going ahead and being you. I won't do that. But I will say this, with all due respect to the psalmist, I think Jeremiah does him just, or her just, a little bit better. Because over in Jeremiah 17, verse 7, it says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. 
They shall be like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the stream. Now listen to this. It shall not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought, it is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. So the promise we have by the combined notes of the psalmist and Jeremiah is you go ahead and be a tree. And in the midst of adversity, you still be what God, is, what God has called you to be. In the midst of, of circumstances beyond your control, you still be what God has called you to be. Because if your roots run deep into the groundwork of faith, you'll be able to withstand and be upheld. If you understand what it is that God has called you to be, when adversity assails, when difficulty arises, I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved just like a tree standing by the waters. Thank you for that wonderful, wonderful, heartfelt sermon. Thank you so much. Giving is a sacred act. And when it comes to giving, I believe mothers know how to do that best. And today, I want to introduce you to some of the great women here from Middle Church. Especially also you who's, all of you who are watching online. Whether your mom is here with you or not, whether you're a mother or not, whether you have a relationship with your mom or not, today I want to celebrate you because somehow we have all been nurtured by someone. So let's hear some of these amazing women's stories. My mom showed me and my three siblings how important and precious we are to her. Through her showing up the way she did, I know that she felt deep in her heart that we were worthy, worthy of her time, her tears, her energy, her sweat, her sleepless nights, her headaches, her unconditional love. Because of how my mom was, I try to make sure that the people in my life know that I love them just for being who they are. It has been five Mother's Days that my mom has not been with me in the physical plane. Her gifts of love, selflessness, loyalty, encouragement, and kindness are what made her a phenomenal woman. I honor her and her legacy by being, doing, 
giving in the world as she did for me and others. My mother is pure strength and grace. She is my trusted confidant because I know she loves me unconditionally and never judges me. That reassuring love is my model for the safety and peace I want my child to feel in my presence. She inspires me at every turn to evolve my consciousness. We have long conversations about God's presence and how we can do better, love better, and live more meaningful lives. I cherish the mother and daughter moments we have. It reminds me of when I was little, when my mom and I lived by ourselves. It seemed like it was us against the world. The moments are not as frequent in adulthood, but I am lo look forward to making up for that for lost time when we go to Paris in September. My mom gave me my fierce independence and showed me the delicate balance between, as a mom, giving my kids the confidence they need and respect and love for others and themselves. It's me. <laughs> and that precious, strong woman is grandma. Those ugly boys there <laughs> are my uncles. We basically grew up as siblings. During that time, my mom had died. And my grandma became my second mother. That picture, I have it there because it's one of the most precious, joyful moments of my life. Last year, I received a call that we don't want to receive, that I definitely did not want to receive. I was asked to go to North Carolina because my grandma was dying. And I had to spend day after day with grandma watching her die. She always wanted me in love when I held her hand and I held her hand hours after hours. And during that time, I have to confess that I lost all faith, that I was devastated, that I was even upset with God. And grandma, all she wanted to do as she was transitioning is pray the Lord's Prayer. Padre nuestro que estás en los cielos. She asked me to say that for her and she will repeat after me. Santificado sea tu nombre. Venga tu reino. Holy Father that art in heaven. And I held her hand and during those moments, she taught me again and again that even in the most difficult times, to trust God. Even though my faith was failing me, she didn't let me do that. And just like in today's sermon, we had a beautiful message about trusting God. That is the, lift, the gift that she left me to trust God, even in the moments that you feel that you can't, even in the moments that you feel like giving up. And it's beautiful that his mothers, 
for the most part, who, teaches, who teach us how to do this. Giving is a sacred act. It is a spiritual practice. And I'm gonna ask you today to put this faith, this trust into practice. And I always say, because I think about this a lot, why would I wanna give this money back and why do I want to support Middle Church and why do I wanna support the world, right? I work so hard, you know, this is for me. But what I have realized and I have come to this conclusion that giving is not about just the great things that you do for others. And the way you're transforming middle and you're transforming people's lives here with the things that we do here at middle. But giving is really about transforming yourself. It is a spiritual practice. It is a sacred act. And I'm gonna ask you today in this special Mother's Day, First, to please call your mom. To call all the people that have nurtured you because you don't know when is the last day. When you cannot make that call again to say happy Mother's Day. That's the number one thing I'm gonna ask you to do. And second, what I'm often here to do is to ask you to give. But I want you to make that about you and God. I know how I give. I give on a recurring basis or a big donation once a year. And I'm gonna ask you to think what you want that spiritual practice to be for you. May God bless all of you. Some fathers here are just like gifts, just like mothers. Some, you know, and all of you mothers bless you with all my heart and may our creator be that force and that strength and that infinite love that you feel every second. And thank you for being such wonderful mothers. In the name of Jesus the Christ, amen.
Creator, our dear beloved Mother in Heaven. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sending us these angels in our lives. Thank you for sending us all those people who have served as mothers. Thank you for allowing us to nurture others as well. And we know that when you talk about angels, you're really talking about mothers. <laughs> they are like these imperfect angels who walk miles and miles, even with broken winds, just to embrace us and to make us feel loved. Thank you for your infinite love and thank you for the love and the heart and the generosity of this community here at Middle Church. Please help us to learn to love the same way that you do. And we say this, Father, in the name of Jesus, our Savior who gave us all for his redemption and for his infinite goodness. In the name of our Creator, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Let your little light shine, shine, shine. Let your little light shine, oh my Lord. There might be someone down in the valley trying to get home. So let your little light shine, shine, shine. Let your little light shine, oh my Lord. Must be someone down in the valley trying to get home. It may be me or it may be you. It may be your brother or your sister too. There might be someone down in the valley trying to get home. It, it may be from near or Far. By morning sun or the evening star There might be someone down in the valley Trying to get home So let your little light shine, shine, shine Let your little light shine down, my Lord There might be someone down in the valley Trying to get home So let your little light shine, shine, shine Let your little light shine, oh my Lord There must be someone down in the valley Trying to get home I hope you've enjoyed worshiping with Middle, uh, Baptocostal, Dutch Reformed, United Church of Christ. Uh, and I hope that you'll come back next week as we do celebrate Passover and Heart, which is a Jewish holiday of harvest. Uh, uh, let the church say amen for Reverend Derek Harkins, who I, I failed to introduce because he's home. Uh, and is in residence with us. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've mentioned that uh, Derek is with us and people's eyes get big uh, because he is a national leader um, and has chosen to be in residence with us and we are blessed by it. Look out for some classes uh, in addition to his preaching uh, here. Uh, we do ask for your prayers uh, this week as we are going to be, uh, Derek and I will be in D.C. Some of you all might be in Albany or D.C as we relaunch the Poor People's Campaign uh, at this time. Yeah. And there'll be many ways to participate, but uh, it is a, an exciting time to be alive, even, uh, even as it might be difficult days. And so uh, blessings to everyone. Uh, we will see you next week. And please now receive a double benediction first. Uh, from Reverend Harkins and then our choir. And now, gracious God, disturb the soil around us that we might thrive and become all that we would for the furtherance of your realm. Go before us as our guide. Stand beside us unfailingly as our companion. Sustain us as our foundation. And even in the midst of the midnight hour, Loom above us as our inspiration and always yet always dwell within us as our strength. 
We thank you for the models of selflessness, of service, and of love that we celebrate on this day. And all these things we do say now in the name of the one who is our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer. Amen.